and welcome to the CND podcast. I'm CND's editor Beth Kennedy, and you're listening to A Coffee With, a podcast series where I sit down with some of pharmacy's most inspirational women to chat about their career highs and lows, their aspirations and fears, and everything in between. Every episode, I'll be talking to a different woman in pharmacy to find out what makes them tick, some words of wisdom, and the piece of advice they wish they'd been given at the start of their career. So, Pour yourself a cuppa and get ready to join me for the latest instalment of A Coffee With. My guest today is Yasmin Hack. Yasmin is a provisionally registered pharmacist working across community and practice pharmacies in the northeast of England. She started out in pharmacy almost 10 years ago, working her way up to completing her MPharm degree at Sunderland University in 2019. In 2020, she was crowned Pre-Reg of the Year at the CMD Awards 2020 for her stellar work, and last week took the pre-registration exam for the first time. Welcome, Yasmin, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. So let's start off by talking about how you got started in pharmacy. So you started off your career uh, almost 10 years ago as a pharmacy assistant. How was that experience for you? The experience was tiring, long days. You had to learn very quick on your feet because I got thrown in at the deep end. And I mean, it set me up very well, just let's say, for my pre-reg year that I just recently completed during the pandemic. So you started when you were 16 doing that. How did you get into that? Because I think you've got a bit of a pharmacy family, haven't you? Yes. So how I kind of started into the pharmacy world, should we say, was that my father is a pharmacist and my mother also worked in a pharmacy as a dispenser before my sister was born so she stopped obviously in that but still had a very good knowledge base of it so I was kind of always aware of that whole world and I kind of was almost pushed into it at one point but I kind of rebelled as much as I could at the age of 16 you kind of want your own independence so I was always encouraged to get my own job and things and an opportunity did come up the pharmacy chain, which was not known as Norchem then. So obviously I started there, literally, as I turned 16, first day in, that was it. I was doing it, working four hours on a Saturday, and that was it. After that, it kind of just spiralled out of control, and next thing you know, I'm doing my pre-reg and provisional now. <laughs> I really don't know what's happened in between. It's all gone so quick. Yeah, it's really set me up quite well, I think. I know what the whole community side is about I've started from the bottom I've done all sorts from driving the delivery vans to cleaning the toilets at times and now (laughs) it's um it's a totally different world now to what I was then because I go in and I just put my head down and check and speak to people all day but before I was running around like I don't know what (laughs) so yeah that was kind of like a brief summary of my journey and so why did you decide to go down the university room and become a pharmacist? So like I said, obviously my family kind of were always quite pushing us in that direction as me and my sister. And I was dead against it. So the more you kind of tell me to do something, the less I want to do it. And I knew that I had to make the decision for myself. So obviously from the age of 16 to 18, I was at college and I did the typical A-levels that I needed to get into pharmacy, that was always the thing that I was quite good at anyway. But things happen and the college life kind of got to me maybe and I didn't do so well in chemistry especially. So when it came to the UCAS results day, I was kind of disappointed just let's say and I didn't get into pharmacy, I had applied. But I think that was fine because I just wasn't ready. I hadn't made the decision solely for myself 
and my heart wasn't set on it. I can't lie at that point. It definitely wasn't set. <laughs> so I decided to take a year out and I ended up working six days a week because obviously I had my contract on Saturdays and the need for a dispenser or a pharmacy assistant everywhere just seemed to increase that year. I don't know why, maybe it was just meant to be. But yeah, so I ended up working the full year. And then with that, I took it back to the uni of Sunderland and said, oh, I've got all this experience. My chemistry wasn't so good. Is there anything I can kind of do to do the course? And they offered me the opportunity to do the foundation year that they do in biopharmaceutical sciences, which is kind of like a year that sets you up for the first year of pharmacy or the first year of biopharmaceuticals. If you do so well, then you can obviously branch off and go into level one pharmacy, which is at that point was my aim. I mean, I'd gained all this experience and I couldn't just throw it away at this point. I knew that this is not so bad. I mean, it's stressful. It's tired. My feet hurt 24-7, but I actually did enjoy it. It's sad to say everyone probably be listening to this thing. She's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I like the day when it goes fast because you just want to get in, do your job and go home at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did, like the fast pace of it all. And obviously I'd been sent to places that did need the help. So going to an interview at the uni for that, it made my mind up. I didn't need to be shown the uni. I didn't really see myself staying local either before this. But obviously the opportunity had gone and I just needed to take this new one that had been given to me. So the foundation year was really difficult because obviously I'd had a year out and I'd had all that time myself. I chose when I was working and I said, no, if I didn't want to do anything, (laughs) I was given this new timetable. It was almost like being back at school. And I did struggle at first, especially with the science part of the course. I mean, it was nearly all science, but they broke it down really well for us. And then um, thankfully, I must have done pretty, (laughs) pretty well because then obviously I bridged straight on into the M Farm course and you didn't have to do an interview or anything and I felt like wow this was the best way into it really for people that had struggled or maybe not good at interviews it was a nice way to do it because you proved that you had capabilities to do it and that was what you needed to get on so then from then on I think four years later now waiting to find out my results <laughs> after the pre-registered. It sounds intense but it sounds as though you are such a driven person to get that done are you are you quite glad that you had an unconventional route into the profession yes I definitely am at first I was not so keen because I thought I'm gonna go into uni and I'm gonna be older than the average person there and I'm not gonna have any friends and I'll just be on my own and I won't be able to do the work and I had all these excuses and a lot of self-doubt and then it turns out that a lot of people were from all different ages, all different backgrounds, and it wasn't like that at all. Whether I just had a really good year and a good experience, who knows, but it was very daunting going into it all, but I think it paid off because I knew what I wanted, and obviously to do a course like pharmacy, the long period of your life, like it is four years plus obviously the pre-reg year, and if you're not in it, then going to struggle just let's say because it is it's not just popping to uni for a couple of hours a day like you are in there from nine till five some days the labs are like three hours long and you've got to remind why you're doing it a lot I'm making it sound easy it's definitely not (laughs) definitely not easy but mentality so I think the pathway that I took into it did 
help my mentality throughout the course. Like it kept the determination going because I thought, well, I've chose to be here. I've got no excuse now. And it kept me going. Yeah, yeah. I think the maturity... Well, you got your money's worth out of your degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I definitely did. I mean, there was no day that they just thought, oh, just let them go home early. <laughs> you know, we had to like sign in. <laughs> if we were late, that was it. You weren't allowed in the room. <laughs> I mean, they did, they, t- they taught you um, principles that you didn't realise they were teaching you at the time. Like, obviously, if you're late in the community settings, then the pharmacy can't run properly so they kind of did set us up for that real world very well but the unconventional route was definitely the most conventional for me and I am glad I did it that way because I think if I'd done it maybe straight away from the age of 18 I might not be the person I am now I think you have to learn what you want and how you work and what you want out of things yeah definitely I think it must be be really inspiring for people listening to this who maybe want to go into pharmacy or think they might want to go into pharmacy but are wondering if it's for them and it just goes to show there is no one right route for you that's right I mean I would always recommend people try and work in it before they decide because I've seen some of my friends who haven't had the experience that I'm gonna say luckily I had (laughs) (laughs) we're not (laughs) because you can tell that as soon as they go into the placements you do quite a few of them throughout the years but obviously the pre-reg it's a massive shock to the system for a lot of people you go from having all this free time at uni to kind of have your weekends to yourself and come home at five and just chill do a bit of work on your laptop but when you go into community pharmacy it's mentally draining and obviously it is it's as painful <laughs> your feet hurt for the first few months of your pre-reg because you're not used to it obviously you're being sat in a classroom or you sat down revising doing work but it is tough and I think we need to be set up for it very well so I'd always anyone that asked me why did you do it or how should I do it I kind of say well try and get a, a job in it I know it's easier said than done with that but try and get a job some experience and then if you like it then carry on go for it but if not yeah that you kind of know yourself when it's like when you start a new job you kind of get the feel quite early on if you're gonna oh, I'm gonna be comfortable here or you're not and I think that gut reaction sometimes you've got to trust especially with something that a dedication of well let's say five years of your life plus the rest of your life and I know you branch off into different things after it but the first few years you kind of find in your feet of where you enjoy and I think it always does help if you know where you want to be just before that. Yeah definitely you've had what I can only imagine to be one of the most stressful pre-reg years so you're a provisionally registered pharmacist when did you become provisionally registered? I became provisionally registered in August so that was midway through, which would have been the intake as in is if I'd sat my pre-reg exam in the June and then obviously had the period in between and then signed on the register to start in August. So it was kind of like the same process, but I had it done and over me all the time that I am not meant to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Proved myself to be in this position. And I think that looming over you, I did struggle, I must admit, Maybe even up until now, it's been so many months of doing it. And I still kind of think I don't deserve to be in this position because I haven't proved myself. I haven't done the exam and I shouldn't be trusted with people's lives here. (laughs) I I would actually disagree with that because I think 
you have proved yourself over and above, I would say, because it's been such a stressful time for pharmacy professionals and you've done it, just been completely thrown into it and had to get on with it. Yeah, and I am one of them sort of people. I'd rather just be thrown in the deep end, get on with it, and then no complaints, you're just doing it. And once you're in, you're kind of in. It's like jumping in a cold bath. <laughs> once you're in, you're okay. But I do think it has been a really tough year. And now I don't know what it would have been like if I had done the exam. Would I have enjoyed it more or less? I have no idea. Yeah. Kind of, I think for everyone, it's just the new way of living. And obviously, I had a bit of a taster of it during my pre-reg year. And I noticed that it obviously was this time last year that we first went into lockdown. That's when it really cranked up the volume in community pharmacy because it felt like the whole world just just stopped and we were just the ones that kept on going that's how it felt being in the community pharmacy because everyone just relied on you for everything and I think if I hadn't had a bit of a taste I'm gonna say in the start of going from pre-reg to provisional then I think I would have struggled even more so I can't imagine the people that didn't have such a good experience or maybe had been in a different sector such as the hospital and then came into community for the provisional maybe I can't imagine what that must have been like because I was very fortunate to stay with the company that I'd done my pre-reg with so I, I knew I always it's I am very fortunate to think that I know a lot of the staff that I already worked with from years ago so I did have a bit of a heads up because I had support they all knew that I was in this provisional position then like I did need a bit of help but after a while you kind of just adapt to the role that's it and I think being thrown at the deep end will only set this year of pharmacists way better <laughs> I'm gonna say that we're way better <laughs> because we really had it tough we can't really complain now after this it can't get much worse <laughs> yeah something that's come up we've spoken about before and that you kind of hinted at there as well is that you sometimes struggle with this idea of why am I here why me and this came up when we asked you to join our women in pharmacy board and there are obviously reasons for that because we think you're great but how do you deal with those feelings of imposter syndrome? Well obviously I explained before that <laughs> I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was but when I was reading <laughs> it I thought wow I mean this could be me <laughs> and, um, I still don't understand why. <laughs> I can't pretend. I'm really nervous. <laughs> it is tough doing all these things. And so many opportunities have came because I've been provisionally signed. And I still think, why am I here? <laughs> why am I doing this? I thought that my confidence would maybe grow over the last few months of being provisionally signed. And I think it maybe is, but it's, I'm still not all the way there. There has been a lot of, you know, you need to do it like this, you need to do it like that. You kind of, as a provisional, you're taking all this advice on and you need to find your own feet and you need to find out who you are and how you're going to handle things because you obviously, if you're going into a different pharmacy every day, you can't be like the person that was in yesterday and you're certainly not going to be like the person in the next day either. Everyone's obviously very different and I think the imposter syndrome in me <laughs> needs to kind of get lost <laughs> it needs to go because you have to learn that that's that's just who you are and how you're going to do things do you know what Yasmin you and me both the imposter syndrome needs to go away yeah. <laughs> um but a couple of um episodes ago she said that she doesn't generally get it but whenever she does she looks at the facts so she'll look at what she has achieved 
sort of say, give ourselves a bit of a stern talking to. So perhaps that's a, a lesson that we can all take on. Give ourselves a stern talking to. Yes, I think we need to. Like sometimes you just need a bit of a pep talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or sometimes it's nice when you can help somebody else because I don't think we do enough of that either these days. Like we don't stick together. And I think being in especially community pharmacy, and I have realised that working across the PCN sector that you are always on your own and you might have a really support network around you and outside of the pharmacy life and I'm fortunate enough to have my sister who's also now doing her pre-reg and we can kind of help each other but that's it if I didn't have her then I don't know who I would have to kind of relate it to because it's so easy to say to your friends oh well it's fine it's fine because they're in the same position but then you know that some days are just really tough and yeah I think that we all do need to give ourselves a bit of a a bit of a break (laughs) yeah well it's that thing isn't it that we talk to ourselves the way that we would never talk to a friend yeah exactly so I think goes hand in hand with the imposter syndrome we need to all kind of stick together and support each other a lot better I know that when obviously you guys asked me to do this I thought no way (laughs) (laughs) don't want to listen to me speak and I won't be able to do it (laughs) I've got nothing good to you're doing it (laughs) but yeah it is and I think that if I'd had maybe more support from people around me saying of course you can do it and stuff and uh, before I even get in the opportunity I would be I felt more confident to come here today and discuss yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, let's move on to the next question, which is what are some of your career highs? It's a really hard question because I feel like I am only just starting my career now. But then again, sometimes my back pain tells me I've been in the game a lot longer <laughs> when I'm let off the bench. <laughs> but um my career highs. I think I've got more to come. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. And I hope I do because that's what I'm doing it for. You kind of want to keep bettering yourself all the time. But obviously winning the award was amazing. And I also won another award as well yeah. for the pharmacy business. So I don't know why, again, that syndrome coming in. I don't know why I was chosen once, let alone twice. <laughs> I was thinking, what have I even done in this pre-reg year? Like, I thought, has someone seen what I've been doing without me noticing I've been doing it? Because it's crazy. And to be thought of, I think, in a certain way, that's the real high. Because I just thought I was just being myself. But maybe, <laughs> maybe I was going above and beyond. I don't know. But I do think that would be so far my career highs. It's been a short yeah. one. And it might end if I fail this exam. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. But hopefully not. And... So far, yeah, so good. I mean, doing this podcast is probably the biggest thing I've ever had to do. (laughs) So it's so exciting. You're doing a brilliant job. Let's move on to the next question, which is, what challenges do you think you faced as a woman in pharmacy? Oh, this is a tough one because I have had good experiences and some bad experiences. And the main bad ones, I must say, were when I was more dispensing or doing my pre-reg. So I'll touch on them first. I used to work with a male dispenser. Now, we got along really well. This is part of my Saturday job. And there was only me and him and then a a male pharmacist. So I was outnumbered. (laughs) And I really was outnumbered. However, I was obviously in uni at this point. And I always found that 
he always went to the male dispenser. Obviously, the pharmacist was too busy doing everything else. So there's just a two of us. I was always overlooked straight away. Every time. By patients? Yes, by patients. And sometimes, you know, other healthcare professionals, they'd see me in my uniform and think, oh, she doesn't really understand what I'm going to ask her or I'm not going to take her advice because she's quite young. And I felt that all the time. It was always, can I speak to the man pharmacist? (laughs) Not the male pharmacist, the man pharmacist. And I always used to kind of roll my eyes. And if obviously the pharmacist wasn't available, he would say, well, can I not speak to that guy? And it would, he would point to my male dispenser, who obviously was in the work attire, but not the uniform. So I don't know whether that gave it away and made it more difficult, which I will give him the benefit of the doubt. However, I was there thinking, I'm halfway through uni. I can help you probably a little bit more than maybe he can. You know, I do want to do this job eventually. And you will be one day hopefully coming to me to get your advice. (laughs) Yeah. No, they didn't have it. And I can honestly say that every weekend I knew that it would happen. And it got to a point where I just thought, yes, just go speak to him. (laughs) (laughs) Get your queries to them and he'll come and ask me if he needs any help. (laughs) And it did. It lasted all the way through. But on the other hand, I have had some good experiences because I was thinking about this before and as you approached me we did discuss a couple of things didn't we about on this subject about the good and the bad side of being a female in pharmacy and I must say that the two males that are my superintendent and the area manager have really looked after me and they've allowed me to have opportunities so that side is being positive because they've wanted me as a female to do well and they kind of pushed me and throw me in the deep end and wanted me to kind of triumph so some males in pharmacy are kind of like yes go for it girl (laughs) you keep going and then others will happily take the limelight and you can say oh well actually I'm pretty sure I said that or I did that but if you say it it's the patient's gonna listen and I have experienced it quite a lot and now moving on into my pre-reg year it was lovely because I had chosen a female tutor it was the, one of the only stores I'd never worked in previously in the company. I, I said to the superintendent, I went, I really would like a female lead pharmacist because I want to learn how I want to be because there's no point me having a male yeah. tutor because I don't want to learn how he's going to do it. I want to learn how a female already doing it who's been in the game a long time and how she controls obviously a very female-based working like, group of staff members which I always think is a very difficult environment to walk into anyway. Yeah. But to learn from another female, I wanted that opportunity. It was lovely, really. I mean, it was tough because obviously you're learning from a different perspective. Now, I'd mainly always worked with men. But even on my Saturdays, obviously working with the male dispenser, which you don't always get these days. So it was difficult, but it was lovely to have that tutor to look up to. And we all do things differently, so I would look at the good and the bad. But that was also a good sign (laughs) to have that impression put on me that, you know, you can do it and you can manage staff and you can get the respect that you need. Because I think a lot of the time when a female walks into the pharmacy, we don't get the same level of respect as a man might do. And that's not all the time. That's, you know, a very general comment to make. But it is, it's tough. You're obviously getting judged on what you're wearing straight away. You're getting judged on 
personality straight away, how your hair is, if you're wearing makeup, <laughs> you know, your footwear. It's so, so difficult. And you don't think at the time that you're going to be worried about that when you're going into work, which shouldn't be a thing. But I can say it always has been for me. And maybe that's because I'm more bothered. I don't know. But it is it's a very judgmental environment, I do feel, at times. Obviously, we give each other the less that should happen. But if a man walks in there, obviously, he's going to put on his smart suit and shoes, and that's it. Yeah. But as a woman, we've got, we know, maybe we have too many options. Yeah, I think that's it, sometimes. <laughs> they say, oh, well, that's nice today, but I didn't like what you were wearing last week. But they wouldn't dream of saying that to a male. And no, I I'm not going to say, oh, that's a rubbish tie. What? Where's the one you were wearing last week? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> They're not going to be bothered, really. I mean... <laughs> I shouldn't be saying it. It is like a very widespread comment to make, but it does happen. And I'm so sure of it because I have been on the other side. Yeah. So I have been a dispenser and part of more of the working team. And I heard the comments and maybe even made some myself at times, you know, because I'm like, oh, well, I like them. <laughs> you know, is, I'm one of them types of people that would comment if something's nice or not. And now I'm maybe thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that or I should change how I approach these situations when meeting a new fans that's coming in because really it's not about that it's how good they are actually at doing the job so yeah I would say that's been a downside but then obviously I have experienced some of the good male experiences in pharmacy where they have supported me more than I could ever have hoped. Well that's really positive I think it brings us quite nicely on to the next question which is who are some women in pharmacy that you particularly admire and why? So when I saw this question crop up on the breakdown I thought oh this is a really difficult question because I don't feel like there's that many I could have said the names of because there's so many women that do very well at the job and everything but we don't ever hear about certain activities as much as we probably should do like we don't get the recognition I don't think in pharmacy anyway that's a whole different subject (laughs) but the females when I had the opportunity from yourselves when I was nominated for the award I kind of got more involved in the the people that had obviously won awards before that were doing big things in pharmacy I don't think before that I was aware of all the strong women that we kind of have but not shown how they should be <laughs> they're not being put on the pedestal that they deserve pretty much so at that point on social medias I did have a couple of ladies that have followed and you know I like to not look up to but see what they're doing and see how I can kind of help with these sort of situations and I think um Rena Barai I think I pronounced that right sorry and um Thorin Gorbind now Thorin seems really quite young and she's doing all sorts of things and I don't know either of the ladies personally but just like I said because of social media but they're so inspirational and I think you've got it from both aspects of how they're doing their own thing in their own games and they're getting known and that's what we kind of need I think in pharmacy because they say that we're a very female-based profession but yet we never see any other females getting the glory. <laughs> Sorry what, what, what do you think needs to happen to change that because it's a really good point that you made there. Well maybe it's a hard thing to tackle these days because there's so many people doing so many good things. In community pharmacy, you can kind of do a really good thing every single day and not get that limelight for it because you're just doing your job. But then to get 
into a position where people know about it is difficult like is it because of the interest is it because of the male leads that we tend to see overshadowing we just don't know but I think that platforms such as this will help that I think it'll highlight strong characters that we have in pharmacy way better than what it has been before we're in a generation obviously now of social media platforms and stuff we can kind of get our message out there without needing to be on the tv for example or the hard the harder ways to get your story across we've got a perfect platform to do it and I think we just need to utilize it a lot more just like I say there is so many women doing so many amazing things that it would be a shame not to highlight them and give young girls coming through the ranks an opportunity to look up to somebody or to get ideas from it's a hard question to answer but I do think that we'll get there eventually with platforms like this I mean the podcast idea is so good because it's a short period of time you can listen to it to and from work most of us do travel about half an hour or so and you can kind of learn about another lady that is doing amazing things like I did the past couple of podcasts and thought wow (laughs) I didn't even know about these two women and now I do and I can look up to them and follow their journeys and kind of utilize that information that they're doing for my own life and my own path so I think using a social media platform will be the answer to our problems hopefully and you heard it here first folks this podcast is a brilliant place to learn about <laughs> different women in pharmacy thank you very much for that plug I didn't even have to ask for that um, <laughs> what piece of advice do you wish you'd been given right at the start of your career in pharmacy well there's the simple ones such as carrying your own tea bags (laughs) because that is for me a big deal breaker (laughs) because if they don't have the green tea that I like I'm off for the whole day (laughs) it comes into the, the thing of the silly little things like um wearing the comfy footwear and wearing something warm because I've noticed a lot of pharmacies have really cold aircon and you're just mainly stood there checking head down and don't move around too much and going from running around like crazy as a dispenser to then stood still that was quite difficult for me so I'd say little things like that but ultimately to know how to say no to kind of stand up for yourself I think that's the advice that I would like to have been given early on to find how you manage situations where you want to say no because in and outside of the pharmacy life and working day that will come in handy I think as women we sometimes struggle to be the bad person (laughs) the nasty one because we're naturally yes people but say obviously you've got to say no in pharmacy if you said yes to everything then you would probably won't be doing the job for much longer yeah to learn to say no I think find how you can manage that situation because it it can be quite uncomfortable at times. Brilliant piece of advice there. And what do you think needs to change in pharmacy to make it a better place for women to work in? I think the understanding of the role needs to be highlighted more because I still feel that nobody knows what we do. And that can even be applied to the males in pharmacy too. Nobody knows what we're doing. We get so underestimated and undermined about our decisions that I think we've put a lot of years into learning all these things. And then obviously when you go into maybe community farms, you don't get to utilise all of that information, but you are getting 
constantly <laughs> tested every day like every prescription that you check in every person that's coming in every query that your dispensers your team have you're always making really difficult decisions and if you're not given that respect then that's kind of what is we're lacking when we're lacking that respect for the role so I think that it would make the job a lot easier if they said you know what she's having it really tough right now (laughs) or she's yeah she's really busy we'll just leave it and then we'll come back to that or we just need a bit more support for each other yeah I said before it is such an isolating role if we kind of had a more of a community feel about it and the pun like we're in community pharmacy and we're not a community ourselves I think that is the problem we need something where we can't always go home and rant about our day because they might not understand when you go home. So if we have a kind of team spirit <laughs> and like a community that we can kind of share these problems with or struggle, some days we just need a good burst, <laughs> a good cry. <laughs> and um, that'll help the women in pharmacy a lot more when they can just kind of get things off the chest that they can't do to the team that potentially could be judging them, might not be supporting them how need or anything like that really I think that would be what I personally would need anyway don't know about everybody else yeah and a little plug here for the C&D community platform so there's a room in there for women in pharmacy it is entirely there for you to have those conversations it is female only if in case that is at all useful so it's a kind of safe space for women to talk about these issues and yeah please do we we want you to be able to speak about this in a, in a safe way. Um, and then my final question for you, Yasmin, is this year's International Women's Day theme is Choose to Challenge. So what behaviours are you choosing to challenge this year? I think my main one is going to be to challenge my doubts that feel the no-can-do attitudes that I have. I always think to myself, can I actually do that? Is that feasible? Am I going to have time? Am I going to have the stress levels to do it and I just want to kind of challenge myself that I can do it if I put my mind to it I've done it for this long I've worked hard why am I stopping myself now I want to take all the opportunities that are thrown at me and utilize them and make them something that I can grow from so if I like if I learn from something it's been worthwhile I don't want to doubt myself anymore and I think that's a really important one for a lot of us like we always doubt in ourselves so if I can stop doing that I mean not all the time I can't be too sure of myself (laughs) but um I would love to be able to stop doubting myself yeah yeah definitely well that's all we've got time for but thank you so much Yasmin for joining me today I think you've got an incredibly bright career ahead of you and yeah I just really want to say thank you for taking the time out I know it's a very very busy time for you Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been an utter pleasure and I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> that was Yasmin Hack, C&D's Women in Pharmacy Advisory Board member and a pre-registration pharmacist. Today, we talked about how she's found lockdown over the past year while studying for her pre-registration exam, the importance of carrying tea bags with you to different pharmacies and some women in pharmacy she looks up to. For more news and updates on CND's Women in Pharmacy Group, please check out the CND community and chemistrugger.co.uk.